0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Game of Love. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and I am beyond excited because this officially marks the 100th episode of The Game of Love. Oh, you guys, it has been such a pleasure and an amazing journey to bring you The Game of Love. And First of all, I want to thank my production team, uh, Mike Ligori, who has been with me from the start, day one, the very first moment that we pressed record, and you guys, to be really real, I was so nervous. I can't even tell you, like, my hands were shaking the first 10 podcasts I recorded, and yeah, I was very, very nervous at the time. And Mike Ligori and and his team have been with me, you know, since the beginning. And Mike has been with me for years before that. So a big thank you to Mike and to everyone at Living Your Truth for producing the show. Also, a gigantic thank you to All of my guests who have been on, we've had approximately 32 guests on this show, ranging from all kinds of topics from love, sex, psychology, all kinds of things. We've covered so much information, and I am eternally grateful for each and every person who's come on this show. I went through the list of shows the other day, and you guys, I was blown away by the number and quality of the people who have been on this show. So thank you to all of the guests who have come on and shared their their gifts and their expertise with us. It's been an honor. And to all of you who are listening and who have been listening, this is again the 100th episode. The show is in 33 countries. That just blows me away. 33 countries that the world is listening. We have tens of thousands of downloads and all five-star ratings on Apple, which just delights me. Thank you for all the reviews that you've written about the show. And thank you for all of the messages, years of doing this show. It's been such a delight and it warms my heart when I hear from you all. And you guys, it I, like I wish I had the words to describe what it means to me that you guys are listening and that you trust me to be part of your journey, that you rely on me for some words of wisdom and some guidance and maybe some entertainment as well. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being here with me. And not only has the game of love been a place where I can share my expertise and be your your guide in, in the crazy world of love, it's also been almost a journal for me as well, because it's been part of my journey. And I look back on the very first episodes and the first episode is how to get over him after sex. And that one was from a time in my life where I was having a hard time getting over guys after sex. And specifically there was one weekend that I dated this guy and I got all dickmatized after being with him. And I'm like, oh my God. I am Jessica fucking Smith. I am one of the strongest people I know, intelligent people I know, determined and and disciplined and all these beautiful things. If I'm having a hard time, if I'm struggling, I know there are millions, maybe billions of people out there that are struggling as well. And... I got to help my fellow human out. Also, uh, another one of the first episodes that I did was how to tell he's lying. That same guy that digmatized me was also lying to me. So (laughs) it's, it's cute at the time that I recorded these episodes from this place of authority. Like I'm the dating coach and here's my advice and you guys I'm in the freaking trenches with you <laughs> going through this. Thankfully, I I packaged them in a very professional manner. I will say I'll pat myself on the back. And my intention early no, my intention with during most of this show has been to give you guidance from a very professional standpoint and I kept my personal life out of it for the most part. I mean, I would tell you guys stories from things that happen after the fact. And I try to give you some juicy stories and then also share, you know, vulnerable sides of me too. And I, I kept my personal life out of it for the most part. And then the last... Uh, maybe a year when things got really real in my life. And with the, the death of my father and in 2020, that really broke me open. And I started sharing with you guys differently. And, you know, I got to say that part of part of that vulnerable sharing was due to something that changed in me. And it was also because of you. It was because of my audience, because you guys love me so hard. I mean, I hear from people that that don't miss an episode, that have been with me for 99 episodes thus far, and well, 100 now, <laughs> and the messages that I've gotten have been so heartfelt and supportive, and you guys have poured so much love into me you guys have co-created a safe place in which I can share and you can share in turn with me. And I thank you. And my heart goes out to you. And I send you so much love for being on this journey with me has been amazing. And I've had such a great time with this show because I have Covered so many topics, everything from psychology and spirituality, sex, my own coined work and phrases and theories. And I've had some of my best friends on this show. I've had people that I greatly admire on this show. It has been so beautiful. I'm so glad that we've been on this journey together. And We are going to keep this train a rolling because I have been diligently working over here to bring you more. Yes, more, more, more is coming your way. So I want to share with you guys the top five episodes that you guys have been listening to because I find this really fascinating. Uh, Again, you guys, I'm blown away by how many of you are listening around the world. And again, just a big thank you to all 33 countries. I would love to hear from you guys. Slide into my DMs at jessicasmith.love on Instagram and share that you're listening. Share where you're listening from, where you live, and what episodes are your favorite. So according to the numbers, the top five episodes are as following. Number five, it is episode number 44. And the name is How Men and Women Fall in Love Differently with Don Masler. Now, this episode is one of my favorites because Don has written one of my favorite books on love and relationships and if you guys have been listening to the show for a long time, you guys know that I'm a complete nerd. I love to read. I have a small library in my home that I absolutely love. And Dawn Masler's book has been one of my favorites because she is the love biologist. And her book is incredible. Men Chase, Women Choose is the name of her book. Absolutely love it. And it was so cute because when I first asked Dawn to come on the show, I was so nervous because I adore this woman and have so much respect for her work. And my show was fairly new. When I reached out to her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, I was so nervous and I felt like it was such a big ask to have her come on the show because I have her on this pedestal and she absolutely was like, oh my God, yes, I would love it. And her and I have had a very beautiful relationship since, and it's just been such a gift. So thank you, Don Masler, for coming on the show. You have the number five top listen to show. (laughs) Much love to you, girl. All right. Number four, it is episode number 27, How to Tell He Likes You. I love this episode, you guys. And obviously you do too. Something that's really cute is you guys don't know this. I'll, I'm giving you the behind the scenes now. So at the time I had a crush on this guy and I was trying to figure out if he liked me. And I'm like, well, let's, let's sit down. Uh, and I will often approach things from a, um, a researcher's perspective. So I sat down, I'm like, okay, what are the indicators That show if he's into me or not. So uh it was about a week that I just uh I laid out this show and this concept and everything. So I I came up with my list of how to tell he likes you. And you guys, real talk. (laughs) I have to go back to this episode myself when I'm dating. And I'm like, I'm I'm literally going through my own checklist to see if the guy that I like likes me back. Isn't that cute? And this episode has been really helpful and to you guys as well because I hear from you about this episode and it's it's really cute when you guys come back to me and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy, I was a little nervous that he didn't like me, but then I listened to this episode and he does two, three, and six and he likes me. So it's been really, it's been a really beneficial episode. All right. The top third listened to show is episode Number 74, How Loving the Skin You're In Improves Your Love Life with Julia Parsik. Uh, Julia is an absolute delight. She is the eating disorder recovery coach, and she's actually here in Denver. She is a delightful, fun-loving soul, and we had a great episode talking about confidence, body positivity. She shares about her love life, which, oh, I'm happy to say that Julia is recently engaged to the love of her life, Carl. And so that's been really beautiful to watch their romance unfold. So Big shout out to Julia. You know, this subject of body positivity and loving yourself unconditionally is near and dear to my heart because as you all know, I wrote a whole book about it, 21 Days to Feeling Gorgeous, finally loving the skin you're in and being the badass goddess you're meant to be. So having Julia on and and talking about like real talk, like her and I, we get down and dirty about the feelings we've had around our body and how that's affected our love life, both positively and negatively. So we really get in there and we're real and raw and it's it's a beautiful episode. All right, the the runner up <laughs> for um, most listening to episodes is episode seventy eight, and it is the Law of One, Dating and Sex Talk with Aaron Abke. Now, Aaron Abke has been on this show and Game of Love Radio Show three times, and he is one of my closest friends. I love him so much. He's brilliant. He is doing incredible work and he has been an um, absolute delight to have on this show. You guys love him. His audience loves him. And this episode in particular is. An extension of a body of work. Uh, It's a book called The Law of One, and I highly recommend it for all of you. Now, the books themselves and the audio, it's a little dense, I would say. So I would encourage you if you are looking for spiritual text that is very powerful, very inclusive, and mind-blowing, you want to research the law of one. I have been around the spiritual block. I have trained many healing modalities in the spirit world. I have traveled and worked with some of the biggest spiritual leaders and teachers around the world. And I can say that I had gotten to a point where I had hit a plateau with my spirituality and I hadn't had my mind blown in a while or felt like I really had something that wowed me until I came across The Law of One and Aaron Abke. So if you are looking for something that will wow you and uh, really explain a lot of our existence and what is currently happening, what has happened and what will happen, you want to check out the law of one. And again, it's, it's pretty dense to study it on your own. So I recommend heading over to Aaron Abke's YouTube channel, and he has a whole category on the law of one, and it is so beautiful. It's life-changing. So please go check him out. And then when you go learn about the law of one, then come back and listen to our episode, episode 78. This is actually part run. We do do a part two later on. It has not yet made the top five episodes for The Game of Love, but it's gonna come up there pretty soon. So check out episode 78. Now, I wish I had a drum roll here. <laughs> the number one listen to episode of The Game of Love is episode 73, The Manifesting Love Meditation. Thousands of people listen to this episode, and I have received so many messages that people say that they use this meditation daily. This was something that Spirit called me to do. Several times I got these spiritual pings and a little nudge from the universe saying, you need to create this meditation. You need to create this meditation. So if you are looking to start meditating, if you are looking to incorporate a meditation around love into your repertoire of meditation, and if you are looking to manifest the love that you're dreaming of go to episode 73. If you're on Spotify, like go hard it. So it's in your favorites and do it on the daily. I'm very proud of this body of work. It is a relatively short meditation. It's a guided meditation of visualization that you can use and people absolutely love, love, love it. So those are the top five listen to you episodes on the game of love. Again, these have all just been such a pleasure to to bring to you. So thank you. Now, I wanted to do this 100th episode in a way that was just all about gratitude for, for you, for the people that have created this show. And I'm like, ooh, I need to incorporate something in here that will give you some advice for your love life because every episode that I have brought to you my intention is to give you something that you can use in your daily life. I know you guys love me. I know I love to talk and I could go on and on, but I always want to give you something useful for you know, for your for your love journey. So instead of bringing you something new, I'm going to do a little recap on some of the things that I teach and that I've spoke on this platform before that has been, um, very important and very beneficial. So I'm going to give you the highlight reel of the game of love with Jessica Smith, something that is so important to remember and take a nice deep breath right now as you're listening. Your love life is part of your spiritual journey. Your love life is a spiritual journey. I was vacationing in Costa Rica where I lead retreats. Most of my retreats are led at Blue Spirit in Nasara, Costa Rica. And... I was meditating and pulling cards and journaling when I was there. And there was a gentleman that was watching me and he finally walks up to me and he says, what do you do? Like, I just, you just have this vibe about you. Like I, I need to know you, I need to know what you do. And I was like, well, I'm a dating coach. And he goes, I'm sorry, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dating coach. I, I help people with their love lives. And he abruptly chimes in and he's like, I'm sorry, that I just thought you were like a spiritual teacher or something, but being a dating coach, like that is, I'm sorry, but it's just kind of cheap. And I kind of chuckled and tell you the truth. I was a little like, you know, you can keep your, you know, shitty opinion to yourself. Thank you, sir. You can (laughs) mosey on. But what I did is I stayed calm and I started asking him, some questions about him. Like, what do you do? And, uh, I deflected a little bit and I was like, well, tell me about your love life. And he's like, oh, it's a fucking shit show, this, that, and the other thing. And I sat there and listened. And then he, then he starts asking me advice and I'm giving him advice. And then he looks at me and he's like, wow. So this is what you do. I'm like, this is what I do. He's like, it's not cheap at all. And I'm like, oh no, I'm actually very expensive. <laughs> and that's that was a moment when i realized that number 1 there are an abundant amount of single people right now right now in our world's history we have the largest number of single people and the thing that i realized in that moment is that a lot of people do not see their love life their dating life as a spiritual journey and i would imagine for the people that are struggling right now being single and dating that there's this disconnect from their dating life and their spiritual life because when we think of spiritual life we think of being in a temple we think about being in meditation we think about being on our yoga mat we think about using our malas and chanting and being in a temple or you know these these quintessential spiritual moments And what we need to remember is every moment in our lives is spiritual. Driving is spiritual. Having a breakfast burrito and a latte is spiritual. Having a talk with your grandmother, spiritual. Having an orgasm, spiritual. Being on the toilet, spiritual. (laughs) You know, like everything is spiritual. So our love life is too and when we remember that our love life is our spiritual journey it allows us to look at our love life differently it's it's more powerful and when we choose to look at it as something sacred and spiritual we navigate it differently we look at it as a mirror into ourselves. We see things within ourselves. We see behaviors, thoughts that we can improve on, that we need to find the origin of pain and suffering to heal, that we need to make adjustments, that we learn from other people. We see different behaviors and synchronistic things that happen. We see it all a little bit differently when we choose to see it something that is not cheap, but something that's sacred. So remember that. Remember that, and this is something that I've been, oh, I've been standing on my soapbox on this show for years, and that is everyone comes into your life for a reason. Now, this is a spinoff, some of you have heard the phrase reason, season, lifetime. Now I love that. It's beautiful. And when I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's not so true because everyone comes into your life for a reason. Now this is where I modified it. Okay. Everyone comes into your life for a reason. Sometimes it's for a moment. Sometimes it's for a season and sometimes it's for a lifetime and that's really really important to remember because every single person that comes into your love life doesn't matter the duration everybody comes with a lesson and a gift okay now sometimes these lessons are beautiful they're beautiful they're they're fun they're exciting and some are heartbreaking and hurtful So everybody comes with something to teach us. So I've been advocating that we all enroll this concept and that we all take time to ask the question with each person that comes into our life is how curious, what gift are they bringing to my life? And that is part of the concept behind your love life is a spiritual journey, because you're going to learn a ton, a ton about human behavior, love, of course, and yourself through all the people that come into your life. And how we handle these relationships, whether it be momentary or lifelong, is also part of the journey. You know, when we meet somebody for a moment and they have an impact on us and whether we feel excited, if it feels like some powerful soulmate connection and just will blow us away, that can be very, very beautiful. And it also teaches us non-attachment, different than detachment. Non-attachment is feeling all the feels and not letting them consume us and not attach to the moment or the person, not holding on to them. And, you know, I, I had this moment at DIA, Denver International Airport one time that I got on the train and I saw this man and he was beautiful, but he wasn't like the most beautiful man ever. But there was something about him and I, when we looked at each other, like, I felt like I had married this man in a past life. And the way we looked at each other was just like, soul shaking and the train was packed and everything. We weren't standing close to each other. We didn't talk and he didn't come up to me. I actually saw he had a wedding ring on and I wasn't going to approach this married man, but we stared at each other and like had a full on nonverbal telepathic conversation. And the train stopped, the door opened. he got off and he stepped off and he turned and looked at me and we just were like, I was like, I've missed you. I love you. And it was this powerful moment. And then I stayed on the train and kept going. And that was like, I didn't chase after him. Queens don't chase, first of all. (laughs) But, you know, it would have been weird to be like, oh my God, (laughs) or not weird. But in that moment, I felt all those feelings and it was not attached just a quick note on detachment. Detachment is when we shut down our feelings and do not allow them to exist. So non-attachment detachment are a little bit different. I just want to point that out real quick. Seasonal relationships are often beautiful and can also more often come with heartache. So I just want to warn you guys on that. People come into our lives for a season. These are people that usually are here to teach us some really big lessons and give us some big gifts. So just to elaborate on that a little bit, again, lessons can be positive or negative. We can call that whole package a gift <laughs> or we can separate it and just say, you know, gifts are the things that they give us that are, are beautiful. So for example, one of my closest friends dated this guy who is a, a seasonal relationship. She didn't know it was going to be seasonal. And that's the thing with seasonal relationships. We don't know they're seasonal until they end. And we're like, oh shit, <laughs> that person was only supposed to be in our life for one month, six months, three years, you know whatever it is, the whatever the duration is, it's not for a lifetime. Okay? So my friend was dating this guy who was such a gentleman. He would hold her hand, open the doors, pay the bills. He'd walk on the outside of the towards the road and was always very complimentary and protective and all these beautiful things. Well, that was the first relationship with a man that was like that. And it blew her away and it blew me away. I was dating like all kinds of athletes at the time. I was living my best player life over here. And you know, it it was what it was. And to see her with a man that was so, gosh, like so many adjectives to describe him, alpha male, confident, chivalrous, a good, solid man really was a gift to her and a gift to me by extension. That I what was once just like a, oh, it would be really nice to have this. In a, in a person, in a partner, in a man, suddenly went to the top of both of our lists. It was like, ooh. So that was a gift to us. And that was just a little example of how beautiful gifts are presented to us. And on the negative side, you know, sometimes we start dating someone that is unhealthy, that's toxic. And we're like, ooh. <sighs> a lot of times that is a, a indicator that something within us needs healing. And the gift in that is the opportunity to identify and then take action, doing our own healing. So then we make different decisions and change our patterns, which is a big, big thing. So if you've been in a seasonal relationship that has been toxic, unhealthy, or, you know, whatever the negative things that came up, those moments of awareness are gifts. They really are. So once again, moment, season, lifetime. Remember that everybody has a gift for you. And remember that everyone is human. So be kind when i was not fresh out of being divorced i took a year off of dating and i dated myself for a year after i was divorced 8 years ago and when i first came out of my year off i was really i was in a place that i had my checklist of what i wanted in a man and i used a matchmaking agency because where I was living, I was I was not in in the city of Denver at the time. I was in a smaller town, and it was a uh, it was slim pickings out there. So I hired a matchmaking agency, and I was recruited by another. So I was technically on two, and I had this very I didn't know at the time. Okay, so this is like the hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, I was very, um, I would say kind of cold, and like everybody says, you know, you need to be picky because you don't want to settle. But I had this energy to me that was like my way or the highway. And I had my, my checklist and I wasn't really seeing people for who they were. I looked at people for what they were going to do for me to be real. And, um, one of the matchmaking agencies set me up on a date, and I walked in. I saw this man sitting there, and I was like, "Hell, fucking no!" I was ready to call up this agency and be like, "What the fuck?" Like, Ugh. and I was just all I'm like, "I sat down for the date. I went ahead and went through with it, and it was like everything was a no. Everything was a no." And I found myself being so angry. I was thinking about when I can get out of there and. I was not, I was not happy. And then some, something inside of me was like, quit being such a bitch. This man made time in his schedule. He showered. He put on some clean clothes by what I can tell. And he is sitting here using his precious time to be with you. Don't be such a bitch. Just be with him. And in that moment, something switched in me and my energy changed. And our conversation then unfolded and he shared some stuff. He was a parent as well. And he was sharing some things about his daughter and he was telling me a story and sharing about his life. And what he shared is exactly what I needed to hear as a parent and i was so thankful like i walked away from that day going like i had an action plan what i was going to do as a parent by what he said and i was so thankful i'm like oh my goodness this was absolutely wonderful i really appreciate your time i don't have any interest in seeing you again but i'm really thankful for everything you shared and i'm sure that didn't feel good to him but i had to be real with him and i realized in that moment that sometimes we are too focused on ourselves and what we want in our relationships that when we are out on dates, we can be detached, and that's when we're like, ooh, like shutting people out. Now, the turning point for me was that night, and I decided from that point on that, like, I'm you guys at that time. I got to tell you, I was living in a smaller town outside of Denver, and. I was well-known in the community, revered, and loved. And I was known as as an amazing spiritual teacher who was very much loved and very much loved other people. And in that moment, on that date, I realized when I was being such a bitch, it was not honoring who I was as a human being, because I'm a lover. And I wasn't honoring the men that were dating me and being what I deemed a good person that didn't match with me, that I had this, like, what are you going to do for me attitude? That was a turning point for me. So every person that I went on a date with, if it was one cocktail, one coffee, or a four hour date, that just was fantastic. I gave my undivided attention, not that I would sit there on my phone or anything, but I would quiet my own mind so I could be present for these people. And I took genuine interest in each person, regardless if I wanted to see them again, regardless if I had butterflies in my stomach, regardless if I wanted to Make his last name my last name or just fuck him. <laughs> like, regardless of all that, I just started really being curious about the human being that I was spending time with. At that time, I was dating like crazy. I was on Tinder and Bumble. And <laughs> I was going on, I can't even tell you how many dates a week I was going on. And like, sometimes I would have two dates a night, I'd put them back to back. <laughs> And I I mean I went on really almost no bad dates. There was a couple that were like, "Ooh, I really wish I wouldn't have wasted 45 minutes of my time because that person just wasn't a good person." However, I really didn't go on any bad dates because I just enjoyed the human being that was in front of me regardless again of of who they were cuz I had to honor I had to honor just humankind in those moments, and what I got back in return was so many men that had just a great experience with me, just to be able to be seen, heard, and appreciate it, because I every date, I would thank them. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Thank you for your attention. Thank you for the whatever, you know, if we had a coffee or a cocktail or a dinner or whatever it was, I really appreciated them. And the, you know, just, I'm sure I broke a lot of hearts. I I won't lie. I won't lie. I'm sure I did. But I know that those men all felt good in the moment. And that makes me feel good. Now, let's talk about attractions, shall we? So in the dating world, a lot of times no, all the time. (laughs) We want to be liked. We want people to find us attractive. We want to be magnetic. It's one of my favorite words, being magnetic, having people being drawn to you, like a moth to a flame. Everybody's interested in that. Am I right? Or am I right? (laughs) So Harvard Business Review, they did a study several years back with uh, Dr. Amy Cuddy, Dr. Wilmeth, one other doctor, I can't remember their name, but shout out to you. They did a scientific study with employers hiring employees and who they found to be the most desirable candidates Okay, that they interviewed. Now, this study really blossomed into the totality of attraction and how it works within not only the world of employment, but the world of love. So what they found was attraction came from having three specific traits or qualities. You want to know what they are? Of course you do. Confidence. Enthusiasm. passion, right? So when you see someone that is confident, attractive. When you see somebody that's so excited about something, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be uh, their business. It could be their hobby. It could just be the zest of life. Somebody who's very enthusiastic is usually they're, they're vibing high and they're happy and they're excited and they have this lightness, this bright light to them. That makes them attractive, right? And somebody who's passionate, who's intelligent, who is there's this fire to them that that's that's sexy, and then being confident, someone that feels good in their own skin, somebody who knows who they are, and just has this vibe to them like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. You mix all of those together, and that equals attraction. Now, what is really cool about this is that it doesn't matter the aesthetics it doesn't matter if it's someone who is a 5 on the attraction scale or 10 what matters are these three components and that is what makes us attractive so for example we could take let's say a girl let's say a woman that is bombshell she's like at nine, and you see her, and you're like, God damn, she is gorgeous. Or a dude, a guy that's a nine, you're like, wow, they are. Whoo, that's like the hottest person I've ever seen. And you're with them, or observe them, or talk to them a little longer, and they're just, eh. maybe there's like resting bitch face, or maybe there's like this negativity, blah, or this lack of intelligence. It's like, wow, they're like a nine on the outside, but really with their personality, they're like a five now. And the opposite is true. So someone who is not super attractive on the quote-unquote attraction scale they become so much more attractive. So think about someone in your life who is super competent and enthusiastic and passionate. And when you're around them, you feel lit up, you feel alive. You're like, yeah, you know, they might be talking about a topic that you know nothing about or you could give two shits about. But when they're talking about it, you're like, holy shit, I'm so into this right now. Or I'm so into you talking about it. And you feel safe and it's like, it, it just, you feel good around this person. And then maybe you stop and like really, really look at their aesthetics and you're like, wow, they're not good looking, so to speak. But because of who they are on the inside, and how they are in the world, they can go from like a five to a 10, to a 10, because of that energy and that zest and all of the beautiful things that come from our spirit, come from our soul, come from our hearts. That's what makes us attractive. So yes, it's nice to you know look beautiful be beautiful and take care of ourselves you guys know i'm i'm a, I'm a huge advocate of that i mean i i spend so much money on self care and facials and getting my nails done and my lashes and my hair like i'm all about the aesthetics it's very very fun but i will tell you what most men love about me is my passion my confidence and my enthusiasm I mean, guys will tell me I'm hot and then they spend time with me and they're like, wow, you're like much more than a pretty face. Like my energy is what I get complimented on the most. So it really doesn't matter what you look like. (laughs) I mean, it does matter. Okay. I know a lot of you just like (laughs) clap back at me just then. I mean, yeah, it does matter. But what matters even more than your looks is who you are on the inside. It's Who you present to the world. It's how you are in the world. It's your intelligence. It's how you speak. It's how you treat people. All of that is so much more important. Another topic that I often hear about are people struggling with being single. You know, people come to me because they want to improve on their dating life, they want to find their person, they want to find love and all that good stuff. And the biggest thing that you can do to thrive being single, to thrive while you are dating, to thrive while you are casually dating someone, and to keep you thriving when you are in a relationship, that is practicing self-soothing and tons of self-care. So really what I'm saying is, It doesn't matter if you're single or in a relationship, you need to be taking care of yourself, period, period. I wrote a whole book about taking care of yourself because it's that vital. I want to break down self-soothing. So self-soothing is not my phrase. It's Dr. David Schnark, which I'm sorry to say that he unexpectedly passed away in 2020. He wrote the book Secrets of a Passionate Marriage love this book. I can't tell you how many times I've read this book. And oddly enough, his book, his work is what brought me to Colorado, believe it or not. And self-soothing is the concept of when we are suffering, that we are not looking for an external source to take care of us, to make us feel better. I expand on this concept in my book. Of course, Dr. Schnark has it all laid out in his book. So I encourage you to read them both. I took a little bit more feminine spin on his concept in my book. A little more spiritual, I will say. And he, being a doctor, being a psychologist, he broke it down in a scientific way that is brilliant. He he was a brilliant man and my heart goes out to his family. So self-soothing When we are experiencing pain, when we aren't feeling great, a lot of times we go to something outside of ourselves to make ourselves feel better. This can come in form of Netflix, tacos, beer, sex, pick a drug of choice. And it can also be as simple as just needing attention, It can come as like you need a text or a phone call or a date or a compliment. And we look for something to make us feel better. So the act of self-soothing is relying on ourselves to take care of ourselves. So how I self-soothe, how I teach self-soothing is in these moments when you're like, I really need this. Like you're feeling off, you're feeling icky, you're feeling a little needy. You're like, God, I want to get a text from this person, or I want this, or I need this, and da da da. That you can just go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just going to stop for a minute. What do I really need right now? And you could be like, I need that person to text me back because I've been waiting for like six hours. I want to hear from them. I don't know if they like me. I don't know if they're into me. I want to hear the blah, 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 or, you know, whatever you're experiencing. I'm just using this as an example. But you can stop and say, okay, why do I need this person to text me? Well, I need to know that they like me. Well, okay. Why do you need it? Be- well, because I like them and, you know, I want to know that they like me in return. Okay. Okay. And then you can just tell yourself, this is like the self-talk dialogue that's going on in our heads. And you can say, all right, I understand. you want to hear from this person? But for whatever reason, this person is not reaching out. So what are we going to do? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to act a fool. And start freaking out because we are responsible, good human beings. So what can we do to satiate this need right now? Okay, well, maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's going for a workout. Maybe it's just telling yourself that you're still good without this thing. Sometimes it is a little Netflix binge. Sometimes it's a good nap. Sometimes it's yoga. Sometimes it's a massage. Sometimes it's going out and having a drink or getting shit-faced too. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be all like, quote unquote, you know, healthy or good things. Sometimes we need a little night out. There was a couple of years ago that I just felt like something kind of, I felt needy. I felt needy. It was like a full moon, like twice a year, I would just get this feeling like I'm going to just, going to go fuck shit up, whatever that meant. And I caught myself this one night where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do bad things tonight. And I was like, whoa, 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 girl, why are you feeling like this right now? I'm like, well, I'm not getting love poured into me. I've been giving love to everyone else. I'm tired. I'm fucking sick of life and blah, blah, blah. And I like let myself rant for a few minutes and then I negotiated with myself. I was like, okay, girl, I get that you want to have a wild night out. Tuck it. Go have a wild night out. And you know, we're gonna be discerning. And I went out that night. I got tipsy. I didn't get all crazy or anything. And I think I kissed a guy and then. I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to go home by myself. And the point to that story is that we need to communicate with ourselves because when we are experiencing pain, suffering, displeasure, it's because we are lacking, right? So instead of going outside of ourselves, we just talk to ourselves, we be with ourselves and we figure out what we need and we give ourselves that. We can give ourselves exactly what we have indicated what we need. And then sometimes we need to negotiate with ourselves. Like sometimes we want to be like, I want to eat a whole fucking container of Oreos. And then you might be like, okay, how about we just have a row? (laughs) And then we'll just call it a day. (laughs) So self-soothing and practicing self-care is wildly important. Again, if you're dating, single or in a relationship, I can tell you after being married for 11 years that I didn't practice self-soothing in that relationship for a long time and I would always turn to him to make me feel better. So, if like I wasn't happy in my body, I would turn to him and be like, "How do I look in this? Am I beautiful?" and I would just be all like I needed him to make me feel good about everything and it was not good for our relationship. And, you know, we go back to that definition of attraction with a competence, enthusiasm, passion. I was not confident. And so like my attraction level went down because I was so needy. But when I realized that I had everything I need within myself, that I didn't need someone outside of me to make me feel better, how good I felt. And then I didn't rely on anybody outside of me. You know how powerful that is? That's so fucking powerful. When you realize that you have all the tools that you need to take care of you, baby, you good. You real good. So take care of yourself, please. Take care of yourself so you can feel good, so you can enjoy your life. Then so you can be confident, enthusiastic, and passionate which equates to being attractive and magnetic. When you look at your life as a spiritual journey and you treat the people that come into it with reverence and respect and kindness, that's fucking powerful there. That's magic. You guys, thank you so much for being on this hundredth episode of the game of love. It's been an honor. And I got so much more coming your way and talking to people and we've been talking about the 100th episode and people are like, oh, is it kind of like done? Are you guys like, you know, you covered a lot of ground and I'm like, no, baby, we just getting started over here. You guys, I have been grinding to revamp this show, to bring you more guests, more content, more, 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 more. Okay. So the, the future of the game of love is this. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm so excited. Game of Love is now, well, almost, uh, coming in the next couple weeks, November 2021. I will be launching my spinoff, Game of Love After Dark. So Game of Love is three different entities. We have this, the Game of Love podcast. We have the Game of Love radio show on Mile High Sports Radio, which as you guys have noticed, I've been putting those episodes right here on this platform so you can listen to them. So I'm on the radio every Friday, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then again, coming in November, I will have the Game of Love After Dark spinoff, where I bring on my new co-host Rashawn Sanchez, and her and I, accompanied with some experts, will break down and discuss a specific sexual topic. Now, this is explicit premium content. It is going to be paid material, and I'm very excited to bring this to you. These are going to be 90-minute, full-length episodes, both video and audio. (laughs) Game of Love is going to a whole new level. We have a new studio that we're recording in. There'll be new intro music. My new co-host, Rishon Sanchez. So much more is coming your way. So I'm very excited. Also, I have a new group coaching program that I'm launching this week and workshops that you can attend. So, so, so much coming. I'm so excited, you guys. And I am thrilled to have you on this journey with me. Please tell your friends about this show. Please share it. Please go in and give it a five-star rating, a lovely review. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. You could follow me on Facebook. We're also going to be putting out a lot of social media content. So You can follow the Game of Love podcast on Instagram. There's going to be a TikTok, got the YouTube channel. There's a lot. So slide into my DMs, say hello, send some love so I can send some love back to you. I love sending love back to you guys. So ah, thank you again. Thank you everyone that's listening, sending you much, much love. And until next time, get out there and love each other.